listening to the Seven Rivers Student Ministry Podcast, a ministry of Seven Rivers Church in Citrus County, Florida. Here at SRSM, we believe that all students are lovable through a relationship with Jesus. Visit our website at sevenrivers.org backslash students. about these things and thinking other people thought these things. And I was always searching 
for my identity amongst the people around me, begging them to tell me who I was and hoping they liked that someone, right? Because people are gonna tell you who they think you are. And I was like, please just like whoever you think I am. We're all craving identity, a name, and an understanding of who we are. But how do we know who we truly are, right? Who has God made us to truly be? That's why Ephesians is one of my favorite books. I think it's the book that like, does a blueprint of that question for us. And the book of Ephesians is broken up into two like big sections. So the first three chapters talk about the gospel. right? We saw this in Maddie's talk she gave about life being found in Christ. Ephesians 2 says we are dead in our sin and God made us alive in Christ. The first three like chapters, they talk about God redeeming people and bringing them to himself. It talks about our privileges offered to us in Christ, transforming our lives, giving us new life. And what we're going to talk about today is what do I do now with my new life, right? If God's given us this new life, what do I do now? Because the second part of Ephesians, chapters 4 through 6, address that question. What now? And it's connected by the word therefore. So God made us alive in him by grace, therefore, or since he did that, this is now how I can live my life. This is how I can walk in knowing and loving him more in the new life he gave me. So the big question, how does the gospel affect my life? How does the gospel affect your life? And the first point is that it changes who you are. It changes who we are. You can turn to Ephesians 4. Okay, so that's where we're going to be. So we're going to flip there. I don't know exactly what page. I'm so sorry, 568 I heard from the crowd. If you have the blue one, looking around. I always get confused where Ephesians is. It's after Acts, and then they all start getting really small, and they kind of sound the same. But you'll see it. It starts with an e. Ephesians. Y'all found it? Ephesians 4. Y'all got it. Get there. I need y'all there. Got it. Thanks. Got it. Okay. Y'all got it? Good? How's everyone? Ephesians 4. We're going to be in verse 17. Let's make sure you're there. It's titled The New Life, which is what we're talking about. Right? Okay. So we'll start in 17. I'm going to read to 24. But keep it open after I read because I'm going to pick up later. Okay? So don't lose your spot so we don't have to do this again. But Ephesians 4, 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. In the futility of their minds, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on your new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So a little context about the Ephesians, right, and who they are. Ephesians, this book was written, written to the church at Ephesus. And so Ephesus is this, like, big city um, where a lot of stuff was going down. There was, like, a lot of worship happening because there were all these different gods in Ephesus. 
People traveled there from all over because it was like a port city and it's training happening, business is happening. So people brought their different cultures and their different gods and they made like all these statues to all these different gods. Okay, so everyone is just worshiping all, all these different people. And people had a hard time of letting go of their old identities when they came to Christ. Because Christ said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, right? you got to give up all these gods you worshipped for me. And they're like, wait, what? This is what I've always done. Is it not you plus all these other people? No, it's just me. And so people had a hard time of letting go of the way they lived their life. But Paul is saying that when we accept Jesus, our worldview, it doesn't define who we are anymore. Okay, Paul is calling them to take off their old selves, the things that they have always put their identity in, so their religions, their business, all these different things, and trust in the work of Christ. Put on the new life he has given them and walk in it faithfully. And Paul knows this can only be done by understanding rightly what Jesus did for us. So we see at the beginning of this passage that the people of Ephesus, that's beginning in verse 17 throughout, People of Ephesus were given to their passions, right? They were doing whatever they wanted. Um, Everything and anything they could think of, they were doing. And AJ told me, we were talking about this because I was like, I don't know what to talk about. Um, He told me that his professor used to talk about this verse of putting off the old and putting on the new. And his professor described it like someone who was a smoker, um, like cigarettes, or maybe in today's terms, someone who vaped, right? You know, some people who vape, they love it, right? Everyone, they're like, this is the stuff. They are addicted to it. But when they see the picture of what it actually does to their lungs, when they see what cigarettes look like soaked in water, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm putting that in my body. When they see just how many they go through a day, how many vapes they go through a week, they become repulsed by it. And I know a lot of people that vape. I'm out of college, it was a big thing. Um, when I was in college and all of my friends that vape were like, don't do it, never start, because I can't shake it, and it's not good, but I keep doing it, right? They're addicted to it and they love it. And some of them, most of them, when they see this and they're repulsed, they still struggle with it, right? It's a habit that they have to break, um, but they've been changed. They just, they see clearly that this isn't healthy for them and they're trying to change, but it's a struggle. They gotta get through it. And verse 20 and 21 is saying this should be true for those who know Christ. The same like idea. Actually knowing his grace and mercy changes us where when we like see the power of God, we can put off the old self. When we like understand and actually know Christ, he's given us the power to do this. Because we're not a slave to our sin anymore, right? But Christ has given us freedom from it. He's given us new life, a new identity hidden in him. He's taken our sins away, and he changes who we are. What would it look like if we allowed him to actually change us? If we allowed him to come in and work instead of stiff-arming him, but letting him come into our lives and take off the old and put on the new? How does the gospel affect my life? See, it changes us, but it also gives us purpose. Okay, so... Our second point is that the gospel gives us purpose. We aren't like insignificant pawns in a game, but we're chosen and adopted by God, like the creator of the universe. 
We're called to a new life of hope and power to walk out who God intended us to be. Maddie in Ephesians 2.10 talked about his masterpiece, right? We've become God's masterpiece um, in our new life. And that's just like an image of restoration to what God originally designed us to be. And one of our biggest purposes is being the church. And the church is building up as like a new humanity. We talked about the church last week. Mikey said that the mission of the church is to be Jesus to the world. And that's my mission, um, is that y'all's mission. God changed you completely in the gospel if you have accepted him. He's taken your heart of stone and he's given you a heart that's beating, right? He's given you a new heart. Um, you were dead and God made you alive. I'm repeating that a lot because I want you to know it, right? Maddie talked about it a lot. Um, and it's crucial um, that we were made alive. And he's given us new life. He gave us a family to enter into. And he gave us a purpose to know and love him more and help others experience his love through us. And helping others like experience Christ can be really intimidating. Like, who actually likes to share their faith? Yeah, it's really, it's really hard um, to do that. You might think you're not the right person to do that. Like, you don't know what to do. You don't know what to say. Like, you're just a middle schooler. You weren't built for it. I mean, I have felt like a flood of that feeling today, like being honest with y'all. It's been a long time since I've taught to middle schoolers. Uh, I feel like I suck at doing this a lot, like getting up and sharing my faith. Um, so, like, why am I up here talking? That's, as I was writing this, I was like, why am I? I'm not good at this. Um, it's hard for me to feel like I'm, like, sharing Jesus with y'all. And this conversation of putting off the old, putting on the new is particularly hard for me. I was talking to Maddie at our house. We moved in together. I was talking to Maddie at our house about how this is hard for me because it makes me feel so sinful because um, I don't feel new sometimes, right? I read the Bible and I realize I'm a sinner and it makes me want to stop reading it. But that's when I just keep pushing through because I'm like, hey, this is my state. What does God say about himself that can change that? But that's why this is hard for me tonight, guys, because I don't want to be a hypocrite. I am a sinner. I'm not great. <laughs> and so I just want to be honest with y'all. That was where my heart was coming into tonight. Um, but isn't that what it's all about? Right? In my sin, God still loves me. Um, he saw me in my ugliness, and he chose me as his daughter. He freed me from the chains of sin, the feeling of being good enough. I always want to be good enough. Um, because my identity is found in him, right? I can be free to make him known to others without the feeling that I'm not good enough. And hidden in Christ, your identity is found in him. So that's not just true of me. Um, it's true for y'all too. He changes you completely, and he gives you the tools to effectively share Jesus. It doesn't have to be intimidating. Um, it's just the result of putting on the new. And so the biggest application of this passage is like continued, so I'm going to keep reading in verse 25. But how does God give us purpose that's different from the world? That's what this is going to talk about. And taking off our old life, like taking off old clothes, we put on new life. New clothes that like actually reflect Christ to the world. So look at Ephesians 4, 25. I'll pick up there and finish the chapter. But it says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry 
and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So instead of lying, so the old self, instead of lying, new humans speak truth. Okay, and instead of holding grudges and anger, new humans peacefully resolve their conflicts. Instead of stealing, new humans are generous. Instead of gossiping, they encourage people with their words. Instead of getting revenge, new humans forgive, right? And what's huge is this is, God changes you, right? I can't do anything to change myself. I've tried so many times to make myself this way. Um, But God's the one that initiates with me and with you to change us and sanctify us. And sanctify is basically the word that means he's making us more like Christ. So all these things, the putting off and the putting on, are making us look more and more like we have new clothes on. We're looking more and more like Christ. And putting on the new, like it's it's not just a one-time thing. And it's like a weird concept. Even as I'm saying that, you're like, wait, I'm putting something on. Um, it's just like, what does it look like to actually abide in God? Um, to rest in him and follow him. But that's a daily practice of relying on the Lord. See, that idea runs throughout the New Testament um, to take up your cross daily. I don't know if y'all have heard that. It sounds painful. Take up your cross, abide or follow after God daily. Pruning, which means like cutting off what's harming. So like cutting a portion, portion of like what's going on in your life off and turning your eyes to Christ that you might grow and it might be better. See, these themes are throughout the New Testament and are what lead us to enjoying God more. And there's practices y'all can do for this. I'm pretty sure y'all talked about it last time, different spiritual disciplines in the last months. But the first is reading your Bible, right? Reading God's word and letting it change you. I talked about how even reading this passage brought me back to that I'm not, I don't have it all together um, and recognizing that I need God. Reading the word is what helps us understand who God is and understand who we are in the face of a perfect God. And the second is praying, right? God actually, like, leans in to hear your prayers. When someone told me that one time, it, like, blew my mind that God is, like, crouching down to listen to what you have to say. The God of the universe hears you and wants to answer you. And he will answer you. He promises that. It draws you near to God to be dependent on him. Prayer is an exercise of need, right? I'm not going to pray if I think I have it all together or if I can do it myself. And third is community, right? The church, surrounding yourself by people who are following after God as well. And that's what this group is for, right? To provide y'all a space to know God more through teaching, through fun, and seeing Christ in each other. So every aspect of what we're doing tonight is that y'all might love God more, right? Even the watermelon wrestling. Is that what y'all did? Yeah, that's y'all would love God more. We're not just doing that to laugh and goof off. Um, but that y'all would find joy in Christ. And even praying for each other, confessing sin and your hurt to each other, 
That happened a lot this weekend, and it was really beautiful to see. And the fourth thing is sharing Christ with others. That thing I talked about earlier that you're like, no, Sam, don't, don't tell us we have to do that. Um, making Jesus known to other people reminds you of what he's done in your own life. That's why I like to get up in front of people and talk about God. It's because it always reminds me of who he is in my own life, too. It's the purpose he gives us in our new life to make him known to others. So don't neglect doing this, guys. It's so life-giving. And I'm going to pray for us because I lost my other page. But we're good. Okay, y'all ready? Close your eyes. Heavenly Father, I thank you um, for who you are. I pray um, that we would just know you more. I pray that as we look at these spiritual disciplines, God, we would realize um, that um, they are just to know you more and to love you more. Um, God, I thank you that you did this for us. Um, God, I thank you that it's already been done. Um, just as Brandon talked about the retreat, that um, you imputed uh, righteousness to us, that we know you now. Um, you took away our old clothes and you gave us new clothes. I mean, you put our old stuff on yourself. Um, God, I thank you just for your goodness. I pray that we would know that um, as we go out of this place. In your son's name, we pray, amen. Mm-hmm.